Um, but before we move to our next guest, I'd like to go back to our polling for the audience. Uh, so please, uh, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get the poll question back up on screen. And this one relates to education and training, uh, something which is a, a key uh, issue, uh, we think. Um, the question is, do you think greenwashing should be incorporated into uh, the relevant educational levels? Uh, and the answer is either yes, but only in relevant subjects at university level. Yes, it, it should be taught at school because it will affect us all. Or no, it is not important at an educational level. Um, and, and, and while we uh, get in the, the, your responses, when you have to think about that, I'll introduce our final guest this afternoon, who is Eleanor Marginenu, uh, who is a, a PhD holder and lecturer at the Free International University of Moldova, ULIM, where she teaches an introductory course in environmental law for second year students. Prior to this, Eleanor worked as an environmental impact assessment evaluator at the Solidarity Fund PL. Um, so, uh, you know, we're getting some of the results in, Eleanor, but uh, I mean, really good to get your, your, your sense as, uh, as an educator uh really about about how how important you know producing greenwashing uh, uh uh as a requirement in schools and universities how important that all is i mean the, just looking at the numbers um it's pretty clear that most everyone that we have uh, joining us today 84% think it should be taught at school at a level uh which is right right at the start of people's uh, journey because it will affect us all. So it would be great to get your views on, on, on those numbers, um, you know, because many, many schools don't talk about this, many companies don't train around this. Uh, uh, so what do you, what do you think, Ellen? What, what's, it, what's, what's this telling us? Yes, thank you for the opportunity to bring a voice from East Europe and academia at this webinar. It is a great honor. I would like to point two moments in my brief intervention and then conclude to the answer at your question. And the first point is what makes a company legally liable. And the second point is the asymmetric rigidity in the promotion of certain green uh, measures. And you'll understand then in a second why this is interesting. So the first thing, what makes a company legally liable? Today we are talking about greenwashing, but any phenomenon is legally handled by two means. A, positive measures, tax benefits, classification of special legal categories, and anything that would encourage certain actions. And B, negative measures like sanctions. So when we look at how a company would avoid greenwashing or be held accountable, we must look at its alignment with national regulations and not at public policy documents. Because public policy documents and recommendation documents, even from international institutions, they have no legal binding force unless it's reflected in national regulation and unless the company itself is engaged in specific contracts. Whereas the national regulation do have an existing legal binding force with emergent sanctions because sanctions always emerge from national regulation. And at alignment with the regulation, we look mainly at the process. In here, the burden is on state uh, because the state enforcement bodies as local public authorities is entitled to perform state control and check whether the company has all the environmental authorizations or not. Basically, environmental authorizations is the core of legal accountability. And on another hand, we have the products and here the companies uh, truly do have the freedom to use any package they want as long as its description corresponds with the description from the company's internal documents. For example, it can be written at 100% biodegradable on the package, and that's all. However, they don't put on the label that biodegradable is only if discharged in the right conditions. So on one hand, we have the lack of informational context, and from another, we have the 
written description that can be proven as correct if taken further. Thus, the burden is heavier on the consumer side as the consumer should evaluate if the first impression of the product corresponds logically with the presented information. So, yes, the consumer protection can be included in the education process, but only and only if it is treated multidimensionally. And here I would like to go to my favorite second point, which will make you understand why analysis in education process is very important. So my second point, which I insist on mentioning, is the asymmetric rigidity in promoted measures. I'm sure some of you have never heard this information before. Precisely the carbon issue, we must admit it now, otherwise it will backfire on us quite soon. So here is how. The total carbon percentage in the atmosphere out of 100% is only 0.04%. Out of this, less than 5% is man-made, meaning less than 0.0012%. Divide this by the percentage of emissions by each country generated, and then take half of it, which is energy and transportation industry. So when IMF is proposing to rise the price of carbon tax from $3 to $75 by the end of 2030, in the context of having the business sector in European Union composed 99% of small medium enterprises, we can expect a shockwave of bankruptcies across Europe. This is, delicately speaking, this is an inexistent threat because 0.0012% cannot drive climate change globally. And another point, when we talk about clean energy, young people often forget to look at the NASA's prediction on solar activity. Like according to NASA's forecast, the upcoming solar activity will be the weakest in the in the last 200 years. So this means that after 2030, we might even experience a grand solar minimum. And UK universities, Sweden, and I have enough research papers are talking about this. So uh, if this is true, then what? Then solar panels will be efficient, like maximum 10 years more. It's solar activity. So we must start to connect the uncomfortable dots because imagine the implications. So yes, education and the capacity to connect the dots is important. My, um, my view on that is that the negative impact on the development of countries and equality completely overshadows any presumed positive impact of these measures upon the environment. This is realistically speaking. Nobody questions the local impact, but the premise that um, wants to asymmetrically increase the normative and financial rigidity is from the perspective of global climate change, which is incorrectly presented. So to conclude, in terms of education, we surely need an interdisciplinary approach, but my humble advice would be to look rather on permits associated with water, with waste, with toxicity, and less on the carbon. Yes, we must be clean, but also reasonable if we want to have an economy at all. Thank you.